stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I finally got him here on the Market Edge. Zach's chief equity strategist, John Blank, is on with me to discuss the coronavirus, the oil price war, the questions everybody wants to have answers to. Are we going to go into a recession in 2020? John and I have talked about it many times on this show, always going through all the possibilities. So we're going to talk about it again. And how can you invest for any of this? Or can you? Should you be buying anything right now? We're going to talk about that. So welcome back, John. Tracy. This is uh, exciting. I've been... I've been kind of promoting you for the last like two weeks because <laughs> I didn't realize you went on vacation right when everything was breaking out, kind of. Yeah. And then I, I knew you were coming back, but then I couldn't get you on last week. So now you're here and even better timing because now this oil price war thing has broke out too, in addition to the coronavirus. So I don't even know where to start. Where do you want to start talking about all this? Well, let's go, first of all, to the J.P. Morgan table on the probability of recession as currently priced across asset classes. Okay, that's good. Okay, so the five-year treasury, which is the same as the 10-year treasury, right, now okay. pricing at 0.6% on the 10-year, 94% chance of a recession. Okay. Base metals, that would be, you know, your 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 uh, not precious metals, your base metals, industrial metals, right? Yes, like copper, copper, iron, stuff like that. Sixty-one percent. Now, interestingly, U.S. high yield credit, albeit blown out because of the oil spreads, and this has probably gotten worse in the last couple of days, was only at thirty-one percent. So it probably, if we looked at it now, is pro- it is probably like the base metals. Okay. U.S. high high grade credit. Is only at thirty-seven percent. So the smart money actually is only at a thirty-seven percent recession risk. S and P five hundred fifty-two percent, so fifty-fifty. So, um, you know, we have all these different forecasts. The the, the Economist survey for the fourth quarter twenty twenty was twenty-five percent. So high yield credits no greater than the, the Economist consensus. But the other three are double or triple it. Yeah. Right. So um, that's why the markets sell off, and we just saw a drawdown to twenty percent. That was the fastest in in trading history, going back to nineteen seventeen. Right. I know. Okay. So um, this is what we're going to call um, a policy recession. A policy recession, not a recession, because a recession is something that's caused in a decentralized way, sometimes by the government if they do too high monetary policy quickly. But in general, they usually do get caused by governments, but they don't go out and actively try to cause one like this one. Okay. And that's a little different. We've never seen this before because we've never been in a pandemic where you try to restrict travel on cruise ships, airlines, and shut shows down. I put quarantines on you, you try to cause a recession so right. that you slow the epidemic, right? Right. So this is very different because you are furloughing the economy as opposed to just leaving a force in place forever. Okay. 
And the furlough means it can go away when the problem goes away. I mean, I see this with Oxford Economics. Let's talk about their forecast versus mine. I don't think theirs is any different than mine. They say their global growth forecast got cut by half a point to 2% in 2020. So that's still pretty weak, and it was weak to start with, right? Right. The U.S. economy growth, 1.3% in 2020, down four-tenths of a percent. Again, not recessionary, but really, really weak. Yeah. Right? And then the Chinese economy down to 4.8%, down 1.2%. So what you see on their chart, though, that's even more indicative, is you see this big plunge, not breaking zero, but getting very close to zero, and then popping all the way back to 4.5%, by the second half of the year. Right? Right. The so V-shaped. Very, that's when they say V-shaped recovery, right? Right. They, right. They mean a V-shaped recovery because these are the furloughings, or it's going to yeah. get down close to zero, basically a standstill for the economy, and then all of that. Think of Coachella, which is a big event out here. They just announced it's moving from April to October. Right. right? So we're going to get nothing happening in Palm Springs in April, but there's going to be a big pop in October. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is... Um, Again, for recession terms, we have to, the specific language is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Right. This, in fact, is not yet a forecast for that. Okay. Um, but it's a policy recession because it's going down. Right. <laughs> right. And so um, I put out my own forecast, and I think here's the problem. I think you have to have a bifurcated mind here. 50% of the time, the Oxford economics consensus is right, and this is shallow and sharp and short, right? Right. But then I leave another 50% that it's not. Right. Um, because it's not because it's not, right? Now, let's get to why that's the case. Let's go to um, the... I'll take you through the American Hospital Association's best guess epidemiology for COVID-19. COVID-19 stands for Coronavirus Disease 2019. COVID-19. Okay. You see that all the time, right? Yes. So here is the American Hospital Association COVID-19 for the next two months starting March 6th. They say, first off, prepare for a disease burden roughly 10 times as severe as flu season. Okay. Okay. So we've heard a lot that it's worse than the flu or we're better than the flu. If, I mean, again, this is just in a scenario, but this is someone who would be respected at talking to a government, right? Right. So in the context of talking to a government, Tracy, I'm going to be telling them that it's 10 times worse than flu. Right. Okay, now I'll throw what their numbers are for flu in 2019. 35 and a half million infections. So 10% of us got the flu last year. Okay. 490,600 of us went to the hospital. So out of 35 million, one in 70 went to the hospital. Okay. Not many. 49,000 ICU admissions. Okay, you got to remember, in the United States, we have 46,500 ICU beds, right? Okay. So 49,000 admissions over 12 months is 5,000 a month. So you're, you're not really tapping more than 10% of all the ICU admissions during that time. Right. 34,200 deaths. Right. Okay, from flu. So 35 million people get it, 34,000 die, very, very, very low incidence, right? Right. And remember, all this is just 331 million people in the United States. So now they go to 96 million infections from COVID-19. 96 million, which is okay. a quarter. Yeah. Now, 
That's what they say. Obviously, the United States and China and the rest of the world are 114,000. Right. So we're a long ways from 96 million in the United States <laughs> yeah. alone, right? So this yeah. is very extreme. Yeah. But let's go there. 4.8 million hospitalizations with this type of uh, of uh, cases requiring hospitalization is 5%, right? Yeah. 1.9 million ICU admissions if the if the uh, if the if they get their if their numbers are right and requiring ventilatory support and all this other stuff, you know, cardiac stuff and all that, 1.9 million admissions. That's 1. You know, five million a month, right? Or 100? No, no, I'm, I'm sorry, 150,000 yeah. a month. And so we that's had triple the ICU beds. Right. 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 You said we had 46,000 beds. Right. We have 46,000. So if we get 150,000 a month. We can't do it in the hospitals, and that leads to 480,000 deaths. So that's a big number. Yeah. That's, you know, again, deaths in flu are 34,000 deaths, and this would be 480,000. Now, that's just the, the severe scenario. What they're, what they're trying to tell you is they don't have the beds and hospitalizations if it gets that big. Right. So the point is this is probably never going to happen. But if I go into a policy economist meeting, and I throw this down on a government official. What is he going to do, Tracy? Panic. Panic. <laughs> right. Start to try to get resources anywhere right. he can. Get in front of it. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. So that's why these policy recessions are going to happen. Yeah. Italy goes from Lombardy one day to all of Italy in two days later because you say we got to get in front of this. Right. And so testing and getting in front of this becomes the entire preoccupation of a government who does not have the capacity to deal with a situation like this if it happened. Right. But won't we, what we see happening in Italy isn't that, it seems like it's rolling into the other European countries now. It's just somewhat delayed by like a week or so. <laughs> um, so so now you have Spain it has closed its schools in Madrid, including its universities. It's like cut off air traffic to Italy. Um, you know, uh, France is saying everyone uh, no, no kind of gatherings over a thousand people now. I mean, isn't it, aren't we kind of heading there in most of Europe, this kind of closures and everything? Yeah, the, Italy is kind of the, the draconian example. They are at yeah. the highest level outside of China now at 9,172 cases this morning. Um, but the, the other side of it is South Korea. Right. Which, which, they're at 7,513, but there's a very important thing to understand about what's going on in South Korea, is that in South Korea they have... I've heard they even have drive throughs in some cities where you yeah. can get free testing, and it's just very, they're making it super accessible. Yeah. So the what's the, is what is that to? Oh, okay. Right. So that is, uh, you know, okay. So then I find out quickly that you have it, and I deal with you, and isolate you from the rest of the act. Okay. So right. Tracy gets a fever, Tracy contacts testing, and we get you out of there. Yeah. Right? Right. So that limits the spread because I just catch you soon. Right. So the point is, testing it gets to be this huge issue, and you've got to get not just test the whole populations, but you've got to get it in people's faces that they can get on this thing if they feel they got to. Okay. And that's, so you're going to see a lot of people talk about this, quote, exogenous shock recession. I mean, exogenous means exoskeleton, exo, ex, external to the system. But in truth, 
there is an endogenous, meaning what you can do in, within the system to limit it, right? Yeah. Because testing can do something. This is what the South Koreans have shown. If you really, really push into innovative ways to get testing in front of people's faces and get the people who need it to be tested, tested quickly, you can deal with this thing. Right. So well, that's the other thing that might happen here is we're just going to get a huge push for these testing things like the South Korean model, not really the Italian one, which is clearly a little more draconian. Right. So what is the policy solutions then? I mean, they're throwing things out here in the United States of, you know, payroll tax cut and support to the hotel and cruise and airline industries, you know, possibly like paid sick leave for all workers, that kind of thing. Is that like a separate issue than... In my opinion, that's a downstream issue if we get into the very severe scenarios we're talking about. Okay. Where you really are seeing a broad macroeconomic event. Now, I mean, it's in truth, they're put the carpet front of the horse. They should be just totally focused on getting the Center for Disease Control and the private sector up okay. on testing. Okay. Right, just get the testing done really, really fast and not worry about this stuff because what... That is stuff isn't going to take on the disease. You have right. the disease as your problem, so take on the disease. Okay. Right? That's yeah, the idea. That's... I mean, it, 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 this, this, we don't need Art Laffer to get involved with the COVID-19 with Texas. Art Laffer didn't solve economic growth. Right. He's not going to solve COVID-19. Right. Right? Art Laffer, Art Laffer needs to go and get, you know, a, a hamburger and chill out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need to hear from our laugher. What I need to hear from is somebody who understands COVID nineteen testing and how to automate it and how to get it on my computer so I can get somebody to send it at Amazon tomorrow if I need it. Yeah, right, right. And so I need every CNBC show and every Fox News show and everywhere I go to tell me how to get this thing. Right, right, and yeah. then just get yeah. on that. I mean, the disease is the problem. Right? right, right. So this has got to be the thing. Just the disease is the problem. It's not a macro event unless you create uh, that severe scenario by not getting in front of it. Okay. And then when you get down the road into this very severe scenario, then I think the dialogue will open up to discussions. But again, I, if I were to handle it, um, I would match furloughs with furloughs, right? temporary solutions, whereas, you know, right. you know, your Delta, um, so we end up providing some type of unemployment benefit that supplements the furlough at Delta so they can extend, you know, keeping the airline staffing up. Right? right. Because this kind of a policy recession, as you're calling it, this isn't the type of scenario where you would just simply lay people off. Why would no. you? Because no. it's, it's not going to last long enough. No, it could last it, anything short. Of, I mean, Italy's putting a one-month draconian scenario on. April yeah. the 3rd, the thing ends. Right. So we're already at March the 10th. That's going to be three weeks. Right. So by the middle of April, this thing can be over. Yeah. Um, and that's what you got to keep in mind here is that uh, a policy recession isn't a technical recession where you get two quarters of negative GDP growth. It's right. just saying we're going to get a sharp negative lack of activity caused we want it for a month or two until it stops this thing. Right. Okay, right. that I makes mean, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So policy recession is not to be termed 
equivalent to a technical two-quarter-long recession. Right. But, I mean, it can be more severe in that short period of time, which is why the markets are down. But again, let's talk about the stock markets. S&P 500 forward earnings is now at 16.1. You tell me if that's high or low. I don't know. It depends on how long this goes on, right? Yeah, and the average of the last five years is 16.4, so the market's back to where it should have been. Right. So we haven't seen a sell-off on this yet. No. We've seen a sell-off on the stupidity of the last three and a half months. Well, right, on the froth that we were seeing. Yeah, that has been wiped out. out Now we're in in pricing this thing. Right. And And for people to understand it, this can go on a lot lower. Okay, because that was my next question. How do you price it in? Or is it because the market cannot simply, they cannot price it in right now? No, the market can't price this in. Nobody, I don't have any any scenario that says, first of all, the Chinese have already gotten their S-curve down in the flat for the last two weeks. They've shown they, yeah. they've dealt, but China is China. They can knock people, you know, right. home in jail and stuff. So that's not really relevant. The Korean one is very relevant. Yeah, And now we have the Italian model, which is like, okay, what can we learn from that? So right. there's going to be this rolling learning, and, this, and the discussions, don't kid yourself. I mean, there's going to be sex state hours to it, all, all through the weekend and discussions on these testing and all this stuff. Yeah, And so does it matter that the president's not involved in this? Honestly, the Center for Decent World has been along for a long time. They'll right. run with the ball. Right. Right. So let's get over the idea that it's one or the other party. Those groups will run with the ball, and any half-brain would just listen to them. Right. And they're going to be talking to the other people who are dealing with this all over the place, and the medical yeah. world will deal with it, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a public health issue. It should be a public health reaction. And macroeconomic stuff, you know, Art Laffer, like I said, can come out to California and have a cheeseburger with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can just sit and listen to his bullshit, and then we get on with it, you know? Right. But how does <laughs> how, do, how do you... Ex- think that this is going to impact like the consumer and consumer sentiment here in the U.S. Because I've already started to see some things, you know, from just Italy now that they're in their lockdown kind of phase of, you know, obviously they've closed all their restaurants at dusk there. So suddenly that whole industry looks a little bit (laughs) shaky. Um, And how do you how do you think that that might come back? when this is all over, because I know from following some people, some of the reporters who are in like Beijing and Shanghai, that they're mostly back to work in those cities, but nobody's doing anything on the weekends. <laughs> they're just staying home on the weekends because they still don't really want to be like out there socializing. So could, you know, will that be an ultimate factor in what goes on with some of these like consumer stocks you know, like we heard last week from Starbucks that so far nothing has impacted their North American sales. But that was last week. Like That obviously is going to change almost every day going yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, again, nobody really knows. Yeah. Uh, I think the consumer remains oblivious most of the time. But the problem with that is what we've made those statements about oil shocks, not I'm going to die if I get this thing. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So... The problem with the thing is going to be like everything else is, again, a public health look through in this thing says, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, right. Um, so I do agree that, but I think the shock factor has to go up dramatically in the United States. And ignorance will play a role as well as people's just skepticism. 
Right. Because I was out and about here in Chicago over the weekend, and I didn't see any change in behavior. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't think yeah I don't expect my, my area of the country to, outside of LAX, to change. But LAX, I think, is going to be a train wreck. Okay. Because you're going you're gonna to bottleneck. I mean, they've already got COVID-19 positive tests on the TSA. I know. The airport. Yeah. So LAX obviously is one of the major, major bottlenecks, and you're going to be all over that place. And right. I wouldn't even touch it with a 10-foot pole. Okay. So, I mean, but see, this is the thing. I mean, if it turns out that they get LAX under control and they figure out how to keep COVID-19 from ever leaving there, yeah. um, then we're not going to have any re- People aren't going to going to figure out because they got it under control. Right, right. So this is the exogenous exogenous thing. I think is a little uh, that's language for an economist, and I don't actually think that's appropriate here because public health measures can be activated and effectively ch- change the course of this thing. Yeah. So there's an active management solution for public health that can target and eliminate uh, a great deal of the upside or the downside to this whole thing. Okay. And that's what we got to, I guarantee it's happening, and it's just a matter of, of not getting in the way of it happening. And the other thing is you can say is it's federal, it's state, it's local. You can guarantee it's everybody, right? right. Just for example, I just noticed, um, I'm out in Santa Barbara now, and the, and the rapid reaction group here just, you know, followed me on Twitter, right? Now, okay. why would they bother with someone like me? <laughs> you know why? Because they yeah. go, well, he might know about how to, you right. know, all these sources and all the data and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's happened. They're moving very quickly. They understand, okay, this can happen, and they're getting their facts straight. Okay. Which is very standard. Any, yeah. These are very, I mean, again, you can say the president's a lunatic or I love him. It doesn't matter. He's not the only guy in the game here. Right. For sure. Right? A lot and of I've it is. I've already seen the New York State. They've already got, yes. you know, Cuomo's got stuff out. Yeah. It's state uh, and local when you get local these will be issues. Most of our government spending anyway yeah. for most of us, and there's going to be a reaction anywhere. I mean, I can guarantee you if if there's 500 you know cases in you know Denver, Denver government is going to go nuts. Yeah, right, right, right. They're not going to wait for even Colorado to do anything about it. Right, right. So that's so the that's thing we got to remember is is the United States is called the United States because there's a lot of states, and beneath the states is a lot of local areas. And right. you got mayors and whatnot. And and then there's corporations, right? Yeah. And then the big corporations have footprints that, you know, the three M's of the world, they're not gonna they're gonna test people maybe across the board, particular traveling people, Apple, same thing. Right. They just go out and buy they don't want the company to go down, so they buy this stuff. Well, isn't that helpful though? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's gonna be there's all these ways to imagine how quickly people are reacting to this, right? Yeah. So, and, I, and I think that's that's the upside here is that I don't think anybody's dumb enough to sit and do the same thing that they were going to do two weeks ago. Right. So where does that leave stock investors? We've had this pull pullback here, this almost a bear market, but you don't think that it's done yet? I don't think it's done yet. Okay. I don't think, I mean, the problem with the whole thing is someone's going to be dumb and this is going to get out of control somewhere. Okay. Uh, let's just assume that. Right? We're just too big. We're just too big. Yeah. There's going to be some dumb, dumb thing somewhere. And then how is the news flow going to handle this, and how much is the government going to overreact or overreact to it? And the policy recession can then go on longer. Okay, right? yeah. Um, or, or get bigger. So, right. And then if the United States does a policy recession, that's a really big difference than Italy doing one. 
Right. Right? For sure. So then what's that mean? That's, again, that's language. Policy recession in Italy was ultimately the 60 million people in the United States. Yeah. Maybe they do the West Coast. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe you stop everybody from flying in from L.A. Right. Maybe that's all you do. Yeah. So, again, and the thing is it's going to be rolling. Nobody really knows until they get uh, awareness of how to deal with it. Uh, but, you know, vaccines, I've heard, are a year and a half out in this thing. Right. Uh, that's not the solution. Right. The solution is testing and, and, and eradicating the clown that gets it from everybody else. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the solution. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just, you know, okay, you're it. Then, you know, if you got the red, you know, you got pin the tail on the donkey, and if you've got the tail, then, then we're all not dealing with you. Yeah. Okay, so let's switch over a little bit and talk about um, the bond market and why is that signaling basically that we are going to have a recession? Well, first of all, I think the bond market is more global. Okay. And the bond market is pricing in a global recession. I think the bond market is right. I don't see how parts of the world can't go into recession. Okay. So number one, I think the bond market is basically more global in its focus and probably got it right. And it's also pricing in all this stimulus coming from all these central banks. Right. Which, um, again, it's not going to help this COVID-19, but it will, um, you know, lubricate the recovery if once we get out of the policy recession. Right. Uh, so I don't necessarily think it's a – it's not the same – again, the thing about the problem with monetary policy, you cut 100 basis points in this scenario – in light of the policy recession, some of the multipliers on activity go down dramatically, right? Right. So the real effect of a 100 basis point cut might end up being 10 basis points. Yeah. Because of the policy recession, is going to be eradicate a lot of your uh, right. multiplier effects. Yeah. So, again, it's going to be this thing where, oh, my God, I've got 100 basis points. It's not going to mean that much. Yeah. And this is the thing is bond markets trying to price all that in, and it's basically got it right. You know, it used to be one five ten year. Now we're at point seven this morning. So this yeah. looking at three seventy five basis points. We've okay. got fifty already. Right. Twenty five next week. Yeah. Maybe fifty. And then, but again, that's not a hundred standard basis points. It's probably ten. Right. Because the the government is and everybody else, and not just the federal government, is is throwing these policy recessions down. Right. Um. So. Okay. That's um, the way to think about it, right? I mean, it's. It's never going to be as easy, as clean as people want it, but right. really the fear is about motivating people to do something now and stay away from the very severe scenario. Right. So if I'm an investor and I'm still kind of just waiting on the sidelines, but I have a wish list of what I will be buying, it sounds to me like I still want to go for you know the big name well-capitalized companies that are getting a pool back here, but who will easily bounce back in the second half of the year. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Including like the fangs, fangs, you know, any of those pull back? Yeah, those guys. And then, I mean, you could also, I mean, the Russell, just buying the Russell indexes and the ETS would make the most sense. Okay. Small caps? Small caps, just buying the whole index though. Okay. Like IWM? Yeah. Okay. Just buy that. You know, just wait till that thing technically prices right, because you're you're not going to figure out what's 
who makes face masks and all that kind of stuff. It's right, only a right. Okay. But it's going to have a deeper pullback, so why not take advantage of that? Yeah, yeah, for I sure. I think IWM would be a very interesting play for a retail guy. Okay. So no-brainer, you get a lot of diversification, and you probably buy the bottom. Okay. Uh, but I agree generally that, you know, any... And I wrote a Zach's kind of adventure back in October. I said, you know, hang on your, don't buy tech stocks now. Wait till they blow up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the, the tech stocks are all going to blow up nicely for you. Okay. Right. But all don't right. be the first Woo-hoo. guy in on them blowing up. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> what about? Because remember, this thing can go on for a while. And right. It's certainly going to go on for at least a month, probably two months. Okay. Minimum. And what about the companies that do have the most exposure? Do I just stay out of those altogether? I'm, and I'm not even talking about like the cruise companies. I'm thinking like some of the retailers, like Lululemon has had 37 stores closed in China. And then possibly, I know they have some in Italy. Those have got to be either shut down or on limited hours or whatever's going on over there. So do I stay completely away from these like global retailers and global consumer names? What do I do with those? I think you just sideline it. You just it's too hard to get the visibility out of them. And the problem okay. with them is they can get snagged in the very nearest scenario. Right. So you kinda wanna stay away from guys that get snagged in the very nearest severe scenario. Okay. Because right? then they end up getting really hammered. Okay. If the thing goes on and it's goes yeah, to for the next sure. level. For yeah, sure. I, I don't think you overthink this thing. Okay. So keep it simple. Keep it simple. Buy, you know, major companies, you know, buy J.P. Morgan and banking. Okay. That was my next question. What about the banks with those bond yields coming down and the Fed cutting? You know, J.P. Morgan and Sarai, buy them when the stock goes to pieces, right? Okay. But buy a really big one like that. Buy the best one. Okay. That's kind of what I've been telling people is to buy the best in whatever yeah, again, whatever sector you're looking at. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think you and I agree that you don't have to be a gene. Don't you don't add any value by going for the next level of of interest. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, this is something you and I almost 100 percent agree on. When having been stock investing for Zach for the years we have, is you don't really get that much mileage out of being better thought about a lot of stuff. Right. Right. You really don't. No. Yeah. A lot of these big investing groups, the ESG funds, the major capital groups of the world, they, they vanguards, the ETFs, they all have restricted their subsets to big names. Yeah. And so you basically get the lift when those guys move, and they don't actually go play further than that. Right, right. Generally. Right. They just haven't. I mean, I mean yeah. you know, I'd like to think they would, but the Russell speaks to it for itself. Right. That's been lagging this whole time. Yeah. Now, what about energy? What should I, anyone, I own a couple energies. I'm just owning them. I haven't added to any positions or anything because they've all been blown up. But everybody hated energy even before this. Yeah. So well, let's, let's go to an energy expert here. And I have, uh, I get some research as the chief equity strategist from a group called BCA. Okay. Okay, and they got a guy, Bob Ryan, who's head of commodity energy strategy, okay? Okay. Quote, how long will the oil class route last? Okay? Yeah. Let's just go through what he says. Okay. I'll go through four paragraphs. First off, no one knows with certainty. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) All right. Okay, no one knows with certainty. Okay, 
Neither of the principal actors responsible for the route are providing guidance at present. Okay. Meaning Putin and Bin Salman. Right. Right? Yeah. Much as we rely on modeling to guide our expectations, this is a purely political move at the moment. There are two large personalities involved. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman bin Abdulaziz al-Saud and Russian President Vladimir Putin, who have staked out opposing positions on the production cuts, needed to balance margin in the short term as COVID-19 spreads beyond China. Okay, so it's a personality thing. Yeah. Very hard to call. Quote, if a meeting of OPEC 2.0 Joint Ministerial Monitoring Committee, JMMC, is held next week, which would, for this purpose, it would be March the 17th or 18th, the stage could be set for a rat poachment between the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and Russia, allowing them to repair the rupture of the OPEC 2 leadership. Okay. Should that occur, the rally in prices could be dramatic. Maybe not as dramatic as the price collapse to $31, but over the course of a week, prices for second half 20 Brent and WTI futures pricing out in that part of the curve would begin recovering smartly yeah. as, the month, as the market's price in the draining of inventory. If, if we do not see such a meeting next week, markets will be forced to price in a prolonged price war that could extend into the end of this year, which will be not easy to arrest. If the Russian goal is to crush shale production in the United States, the effort will most likely fail. There will be an increase in bankruptcies among the shale producers and the service companies. This will set up another round of industry consolidation, more M&A, and the large integrators that are now the principal players in this problem will add to their holdings. It is worth remembering that U.S. bankruptcy law recycles assets. It just does not retire them permanently, meaning right. getting rid of the shale guys isn't going to get rid of them. Right. Okay? Yeah, someone's still going to be drilling on those. Right. Those so his rigs. point is... Unless there's a meeting in the next couple of weeks, um, this can go to the end of the year. Yeah. That's nine months. Right. So I put in my historic strategy report. In light of that, I left oil and commodities in market weight, meaning I have no, I'm agnostic on the thing. Okay. But I said this. Be patient, wait for a bottom. Okay. What I mean by that is I think the second scenario Bob laid out is entirely relevant, right? Right. So you can miss the bottom if they meet next week or in the week after, right? Right. And so decide to... It. You miss it. Right. <laughs> right. Right? The problem is the second scenario can drive them all the way into a bottom six months from now. Right. And that's where you'll get the bankruptcies. You're not right. going to get the bankruptcies next week. No. No. So, and that's true with airlines and cruise ships and everything else. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of benefit to jumping in front of this thing. Okay. That's my thinking. I, I think, number one, um, stuff's going to pop back. Yeah. If the, the numbers yes. on these COVID-19 things get under control, and, and which they can, and they already have in a number of countries. Right. Number two... Um, Corresponding to that, the policy recessions can just be a lot less draconian than people think, or they can reverse immediately. Right. Within weeks. Right. Right. Which takes our. I mean, you can imagine the catalyst of hearing, you know, Qantas putting people back to work and stuff totally. like that. Totally. Yeah. Right. So you're better off waiting for the catalyst than playing for the bottoms. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think because the bottom can be, like Bob said, six to nine months from now. Uh, more negatives for the oil, and that's really a statement that can be made more broadly for this whole thing. Right. 
right? The um, Pioneer Natural Resources CEO sent his employees an email yesterday when everything was, you know, hitting that uh, they're fine because they they are very have a great balance sheet, not a lot of debt. Um, they're one of the bigger players in the Permian, but he did warn that some smaller competitors will probably go bankrupt and there will be thousands of layoffs if the price stays that low because even though someone else will go buy those smaller companies that go under they're not going to start up the rigs again if the price remains low and he predicted up to two years it could remain low but that's basically what bob's worst case scenario would be and that's the thing right now. I mean, and politically speaking, I, I can tell you regionally, Texas has been recession for a good length of time already. It already has? Yeah. Oh. I mean, why isn't anyone talking talk about, about that? that. We yeah. like to tell how California's falling apart because that's a liberal state. But in truth, Texas has been in recession for a good quarter now. What's been causing that? Rig counts, man. They're down. Okay. I mean, yeah, they have been down. Okay. Remember, Texas is about oil. and It is. This is not good news for Texas. Well, right. And places like Midland, which had been booming and had among the lowest unemployment rate in the country, is going to get hit hard if crude stays at these yeah, low levels. Yeah, and think levels. about I mean, People love to talk about Austin and you know, South by Southwest, but the, the bulk of the Texas economy is down in Houston. Well, yeah, that, yeah. And that stuff is all affected by all this global shipping. Yeah. All this, I mean, if you want to name a city in the United States that's, not doing well with COVID-19, regardless if they get a single case, it's that country state. Yeah. City. That city's just not in the right place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, or it is sometimes. You know. it, is, it is occasionally, but just not when stuff is hitting, I guess. Yeah, and that, that's my problem from, you know, when I get the whole Texas is great, I just say, let's just change the word language from Texas to Houston. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> then you go, oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm keeping an eye on a couple things. I am watching Disney. I did yeah. own it in my value investor, but I had to sell because it hit some stops. Um, so one analyst from Bernstein said that they they believe. Well, again, this goes to what happens with the policy side. They think if it gets bad enough, obviously, they're going to have to close the U.S. parks, which is going to go big to the bottom line. They already had closed Hong Kong and Shanghai, and Tokyo remains closed, but Tokyo's only been closed for two weeks. And now they've just reopened Shanghai, but it's unclear how much of it's reopened, what the hours are, and if anyone is going. Right. <laughs> so, so they're going to take it pretty hard, but again, all of these will reopen eventually and business will come back. Yes. So yes. I'm watching yes. Disney to see if I can get it a lot cheaper. Um, another one, Chipotle is down 25% here. CMG is that ticker. Starbucks is down 18.2. But as we already talked about with some of the retail side, but it's true with the restaurant chains, it's unclear how badly it's going to get hit here in the U.S., those two companies, if there's a further, you know, self-isolation or whatever's going to go on. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but Starbucks has already said their sales in China were down 78%, which I don't think anyone is surprised at all about. But some of this is like getting priced in, I feel, into yeah. some of these. Yeah, I mean, you remember you got the, the fastest drawdown in, in the history of the world the last right. years. So the idea that things are not priced in is probably not right. 
Right. Probably not right. In fact, there's probably a, this is a very severe nerocero is priced in, and it can we can actually rise as the very near severe scenario gets just lower probability. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think right now we're pricing in a fair amount of that. Okay. And, uh, and my, my view is, you know, this correction uh, under a policy recession is somewhere midway between a normal correction and a true recession. Okay. And we won't know which one we end up in for two months. Okay. That was my next question. How do we know? <laughs> when will yeah, we know? Probably two months. Okay. I mean, just throw out a number. Let's try to be a little more specific. Two months? Because by two months, we'll have this under control. And the Chinese, I mean, if I look at the Chinese, they announced this thing. You know, if I look at their data, they had on the 31st of January, they had 11,000. And on the 1st of March, they had... 80,000. Yeah. So that was stabilizing. So that was two months. Right, right. Um, and that's with a big policy reaction. Not even two months. That's like yeah. five weeks. Right. Yeah, that's like five weeks. So that's it. This thing, China could got it under control within five, six weeks. Yeah. So maximum two months from now, this can be completely over. The policy recessions can be completely eradicated. Right. Um, and then you have the 100 basis points, which is effectively 10 basis points now actually mounting to 10, 100 basis points. Okay. And you come out of this thing pretty smartly. Yeah. All right. Um, I feel optimistic now. Yeah, I think, you, you know, I think that's the answer. I mean, it's all about public health response being effective uh, immediately in the right. next three to five weeks. And basically, you know, the market we'll will start there. to figure that up. Yeah. Okay. And we'll we'll figure it out ourselves. But you know, you're carnival. What do you do? You park your ships in Miami, furlough the workers, and right, and wait till mid-April. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, no. But it's going to get worse before it gets better, right? Because you're going right. to get every single carnival ship off the water for the next five weeks because you want to stop it for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing is it's going to get super deep because that's the policy recession is to stop the thing from getting worse. So you want a deep, quick. Hit. Right. And that's right. that's true of um, any kind of river cruise or any any convention. They all have to stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then you have you do take the big hit immediately, but then you're done. Yeah. I mean, I did a, a uh, thing for a group yesterday called Polestar, which is the guys who are the trade group for the concerts in the United States. Okay. And I never heard of them, but they now, again, I'm getting known by people who yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know about. But right. they, they, they now get it, and they're quickly getting a grip on, okay, what are we going to do? Yeah. They're yeah. not sitting there. Right. Okay, good. You know, and that's it. They're not a single one of these groups is sitting there, and they have, they have options. I mean, so you put Coachella in October versus April. Big right. deal. Right, right. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. You just see, Say, okay, fine. You know, Taylor Swift car tour to the United States is not going to be in May. It's going to be in July. Right. Right. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, the only issue I had with them is when they all pile up later this year, do they start to have too many options in that? Yeah. People just bail on the whole thing. It was just everything gets stacked up then. Right. I don't know. Right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But I mean, I think some of the V shaped recovery is going to be blunted by people saying, well, you know, I just, you know, I just won't do that. Era. Right. Yeah, you know, the Tracy Amsterdam trip, right? I mean, right. Like, is Tracy going to Amsterdam in October? We no, don't know. 
probably not. <laughs> right. So Why that not? right. So that uh, that trip is just gone, or anyone who canceled the spring break trip to like Mexico. You're just not until next year. Then you yeah. then you're gonna go, but this one is just lost. But see, then Miss Tracy said, "Okay, fine." And she goes to Restoration Hard buys a couch. Right, because I might <laughs> I, I I would because I didn't spend the money right. Right, you didn't yeah, spend the money. right. So, so I still have it Tracy available. Comes in one day. Oh, I bought a couch. Well, why'd you? Why I didn't go to Amsterdam? Right, right, <laughs> right. No, that's good. That <laughs> definitely know. right, right, know. right. Um, okay, so this is something we're going to have to watch as we go along. Right. And I said that when we talked about coronavirus originally in January, and now here we are talking about it again. So hopefully we'll see in a couple of weeks what where we stand. And hopefully it's the good scenario. And this is over with quick. But let me recap some of the tickers we talked about. So if you want to invest in just the ETFs, that's always a good place to go. You can uh, do, you know, the small caps. IWM is one that I've always followed for the Russell 2000. There's probably some other newer ones that might even have lower uh, expense ratios now. I know there's a lot of have rolled out almost zero expense ratios for some of the indexes. So look around because that's not the only one that's out there. And then um, you could do the big banks, but JP Morgan is one of them. JPM is the ticker there. Disney is DIS. We talked about Starbucks, SBUX. I do own that one in my own personal portfolio. Chipotle, CMG. And we talked about Lululemon, LULU, which I also own, but I'm I'm waiting to see if it goes lower as, on that one as well. And um, Pioneer Natural Resources is PXD is one of the energies. And that's mainly, I think, covers all that we've had on this episode. But um, again, we will be talking some more about everything that's going on. So you don't want to miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or we're on SoundCloud. And you can find us on Spotify or a lot of other podcasts. Uh, hosts also have us, but get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.